Radio with Julia and Philip Siracusa, sponsored by Carnation, airing live on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 FM in New Orleans. This show's entrance has been edited, produced, and directed by Gwen Clapper from Perfect Trust Productions, LLC. You can find us at perfecttrustproductions.com. And welcome to Monday night segment of Horsefly Chronicles with myself, Julia Syracusa, and Phil Syracusa. We're broadcasting live from the United Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 FM and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. This evening's show is fully sponsored by Carnation. Um, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. Um, you'll have to do a few things to in order to participate in chat, go over to YouTube. UFO Paranormal Radio. Um, we're also streaming live from Roku, so you can watch us live from your TV. You can go to all the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, Twitch, SoundCloud, Podbeam, and of course, our group host for Chronicles Radio. And if you have any questions for our guests, please ask. Tonight, guys, we have the amazing team from Boo Bitches Paranormal. They all work together to support domestic violence by throwing paranormal events at the cabin on 360 located in Virginia. Um, we've had Ryan and Dennis on before talking about all the things that go on in that cabin. Um, today, um, we're joined by Tracy and Robbie, Holly and Dallas, uh, hopefully coming in soon, and Rhonda, and they all are the team from Paranormal, Blue Bitches Paranormal. So funny. Um, thank you all for joining us, guys. Welcome Thanks to the show. Us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So what, what you guys are doing is amazing. What kind of like brought the whole team together to do this, um, you know, put this event on at the cabin? It started with a t-shirt. Jerry Reyes was wearing a t-shirt that said boobage on it. And I was like, oh, that's really cute. And I went to bed and things happen in your sleep as things happen in their sleep. And I woke up with an idea and I called Jerry and I said, hey, you wanna do something fun? And I told her, I said, I wanna do an event at the cabin on 360 because I spent a lot of time there with my other, my brother from another mother, Dennis, and my other brother from another, you know, Ryan. <laughs> spent a lot of time there and I thought, let's do something at the cabin and let's do an all women's paranormal investigation and let's take everything we make from that investigation and donate it to a domestic violence shelter. Now the domestic violence shelter comes in because I'm a domestic violence shelter advocate. I will end up going to a hospital if someone gets called after being beaten or raped or harmed. And I will sit with the patient to make sure that they receive adequate care and are treated politely by the police and that the rape kits are done correctly. Um, so having my background and training in that and nursing, it just made sense to do something 
Pardon us, we got the party outside the front door. You'll hear them yelling every once in a while. Um, so it was just an idea that all came together and we called Dennis and he immediately donated the cabin. He and Ryan donated the cabin and the event just flowed. You know, there's that old adage that if it's supposed to be done, it'll be easy to get completed. And it was absolutely, a, it, we sailed right through. It was so simple to do. So we ended up having a really good event. And I think Dennis, didn't we put up us um, $1,700 on that donation check? Just over, it was 17, if I remember right, $1,783 on the first event. Which for a shelter is not chump change. I was really, really proud of that. So we are now getting ready to do our second annual uh, Boo Bitches um, against, you know, it's Boo Bitches Paranormal supports victims of domestic violence. And we're getting ready to tear it up and do it again. And this time we have some amazing guests. We got Howie and Rhonda that are going to come out. So I'm going to turn it over to Rhonda here in just a second. Holly and Dallas just texted. They're still having technical issues, but they're going to be there at the event. Um, they said they'll be on as soon as they can. And of course, we're going to have Ryan there representing the property as one of our, our elite tour guides and Dennis as our historian and, you know, general cat herder, making sure that we don't do crazy stuff in the woods we shouldn't be doing. So it just kind of started as an idea and it's, it's flowed into being pretty incredible. Wow. Do you have um, uh, a shelter that you donate to or does it? Last year it was safe Harbor okay. and we are trying to share the wealth. So we're looking for, there's another shelter in the area of Mechanicsville that we're going to reach out and talk to and see if they'd be willing to work with us this year. But we haven't finalized that because we're just getting started on looking for a home. Uh, but if not, Safe Harbor said they're willing to work with us again. So Wow, that's amazing. That's a lot of money. You guys are doing a great job. Thank um, you. Yeah. So can you tell us all like a little bit about yourselves, um, you know, how you got into the paranormal and, and let us, yeah, just give us a little backstory. Who's that, who's <laughs> that directed at? Yeah. I was going to say, Dennis, you start. Uh, well, I'll, I guess since I've been thrown the mic. Um, so I got into the paranormal when I was seven. My grandfather came to me in my sleep and woke me up, told me goodbye. He loved me and he'd see me later. Uh, he had passed away a couple of hours earlier uh, from a massive heart attack. Then at 10 or 12, I've got two cousins that were right in my age category. And we had heard somewhere, if you put a voice recorder or a tape recorder out in the middle of a cemetery, you can hear the voices of the dead. So we did that and we successfully captured uh, somebody whistling a tune at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night in a cemetery. And that kind of started the ball rolling for me. Then um, at 16, my brother chose to take his own life and he visited me right afterwards, um, told me goodbye. He loved me and he'd always have my back. So, and I, I always knew there has to be something after this physical form leaves. Where does the energy and essence that is us go? So I, I've kind of been on that journey ever since to find out, as I've said, it, you know, hundreds of interviews and uh, paracons and everything else. When this meat suit dies, where do I go? Yeah. So that's been my path. Yeah, well, I mean that I that's so funny that you said that. Well, it's not funny, but I mean my I had a story. My my story is very similar. My grandfather came to me in a dream, um, and kind of like you know just helped me go down that path. Um, 
So who wants to go next? Yes, I can go next. Um, around uh, 2013, I started the uh, All Seeing Paranormal Society with Howie O'Dell. Um, actually, he started it. I joined it. We joined with him. And then um, after following that, I started the Freaking Awesome Paranormal show on about 2014. Been doing that ever since. And then Dennis and I started Commonwealth Researches of the Paranormal a few years later. And we also started investigating the cabin on 3-6 around the same time. So that's my so, journey. Yeah. Tracy, what, what about you and Robbie? What, what, what drove you into the paranormal? <laughs> you mean who drug him? <laughs> my story is uh, not too unsimilar. I'm brand new into the uh, interest that I have. The, the curiosity I've always had about what is beyond. And so I've had at least four encounters, specific encounters, one of which was my grandmother calling out to me that I distinctly knew her voice and she called out to me, it was her. But I, I, I haven't really spent too much time developing. I'm just starting. So that's where I am. And Tracy, when I met Tracy and got to know that it was her interest and <laughs> She's laughing. I just, she I just, just sucked right in. Laughing because she drags you along to everything, right? <laughs> kind of. We yeah. we just um, finished the tour of Ireland, you know, going to haunted Ireland with Gwen and Vanessa just a little mm -hmm. while ago, and that was his first international ghost hunting trip. But we had a blast. Um, I guess I huh? I said the cabin. The cabin was your first one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, cabin was its first wow. one. And uh, of course, the little the little goony goo goo we love to call Dobby decided that he was a pretty nice, you know, good morsel. So Dennis can tell you that story how he got it had to pray over Robbie and get rid of the guy. But uh, I started doing kernel investigations back when I was wee. My imaginary friend was not an imaginary friend, and I had no idea that nobody else could see her. We played, we played Barbies, so we had a great time, and then it became, you know, as I got into grade school and such, I realized that that wasn't normal. Not everybody had an imaginary friend that was really real. And then after that, it was, um, you know, creeping through cemeteries and finding out every ghost story and spending my time in the research library of our local public library in Sycamore, Illinois, um, digging up all the, all the dirt on everything I could dig up. And it just became a, a passion. It's just something I love to do. So I've been doing it ever since. So that's kind of my story. Just got interested. Rhonda, your turn, boo. <laughs> my turn. I have not actually been in the paranormal field very long. Um, my journey actually started with taking development courses on mediumship and psychism, getting my Reiki master, then going down the shamanism trail. Um, and then Howie actually had been hitting me up once he realized I was actually pursuing some of this stuff. He's like, so when do you want to do paranormal? When do you want to do paranormal? When do you want to go with us? When do you want to do this? And I'm like, mm, no time soon. Um, about a year and a half ago, I reached out to him and said there was going to be an event at the cabin, actually. I had been on some paranormal investigations out at Belgrove Plantation um, in King George. Um, there was going to be the um, event out at the cabin, the, the large event, the like the largest haunted uh, ghost tour. Um, so I went out there with him for that for the first time. 
Um, and then from there, he somehow swindled me into helping him with his paranormal, his, with our paranormal podcast. And I've ended up doing that. Um, and so, and actually, you know, I've been doing investigations out at the cabin. We're out at the cabin all the time when we broadcast, um, continuing to do investigations out at Belgrove. And just recently in the last week, I officially joined Fredericksburg Paranormal Research and Investigations as a investigator for that team. So I'm pretty new into it, only like a year and a half in. But um, when Ryan actually told me about this event coming up before um, Howie did, um, I was kind of I kind of was watching Ryan's show and Tracy was always like, hey, are you going to do this? And so once I heard what the what the premise of it was, I was like, I am in. And then it's just gotten better and better. I'm in like there's going to be a a drum circle. Well, my shamanic teacher moved away to Texas a year and a half, two years ago. I haven't been in a drum circle in that long, except virtually. So I'm like so stoked. It's going to be. You better uh, bring your drum. Yeah. You've got them. That's right. So that, that leads me into Holly and Dallas, who had just messaged that they're not going to be able to join us tonight. They've got high winds up in the mountains where they are, and they do not uh -huh. have any internet. Their, their towers are gone. So she sends oh, her man. love and apologies for not being present during Dallas. Okay. Um, Holly and Dallas are shamanic teachers. They both started out as paranormal investigators, but they say, quote, that's not my gig anymore. They've moved very much more into spiritual healing and working on people's energy journeys but they love the cabin. So they're going to come out and join us for this. They're going to do some teaching. Um, there's a special event on Friday night that is, this, um, I just say it's a special ticket event where they're going to do a seance and they're going to do some shamanic teaching and some energy work. And that includes laying of hands if people are comfortable with that and prayer and healing. Um, and then we're going to take it. And if the weather's nice, we're going to take it outside. And Robbie will have built up the bonfire. He's the bonfire king. I know it's just a fire, Dennis. It's not a bonfire. <laughs> if it's in a fire pit, apparently that's not a bonfire. <laughs> but Robbie will have the fire going. And hopefully we'll be able to cook some dinner around that fire and do some drumming and some chanting and just kind of raise the energy in the buildings and in the land and put a circle of protection around all the participants that are you know, all of our, our presenters and participants that are present there. And then uh, Saturday, they'll do this. They'll do something similar Saturday night on a smaller scale. And then she said, and after we're done, you can put us on the bus and send us back to the hotel. I said, okay. <laughs> and then we'll do our investigation, but they're very excited to be present They're Again, sorry, they can't be here tonight with no internet. Aww, yeah, we know, we know how he's a great guy. Um, Ryan. So tell us a little bit about, what happened to you and tell us about the, the cabin on 360 what are some of the stuff that that goes on there oh i mean we have all sorts of activity at the cabin you know we'll have we have shadow figures of course tracy was talking about uh the whatever is downstairs in the basement that we affectionately call dobby because if you we took a picture of him with a flare camera and it actually looks like the character dobby from um harry potter series mm -hmm. pretty much anything that you can think of that paranormal wise is we have it at the cabin on 360. yeah phil you've been awfully quiet over there <laughs> uh, oh, that is a, he is he live i thought it was live. just an image up there <laughs> 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 cardboard cut out <laughs> 
I'm actually jealous. I want to go to the cabin three six. They hear so much about it from different teams on Facebook. Sure, we have to make a way there one day. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, men are welcome at this event. So you come on down. Put Maybe we can hook up. Hey, um, yeah, no, we'd love to come down. It has so much about it. And it's interesting, you know, but there's more people there. Do different spirits come out? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very peculiar. It's one of those locations where you can have activity off the charts with two people on property or dead, or you can have activity off the charts with 50 people on property or dead. It just the spirits there really don't care about a head count so much as they do the energy that they're around and what their mood is. I think they're, they're just there. And if they feel like interacting, they're going to, and if they don't, they won't. Um, but we've had, you know, groups of two there that leave in the middle of the night because it just overwhelms them. And then we've had nights where we've had 40 people there and, you know, we lose half of them because things just go off the rails. So it, it really doesn't seem to matter to them what the headcount is. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. They they go off of the energy that we provide, you know, yeah. and it's it's very symbiotic the relationship of what's out there, and everybody's experience is unique. Everybody experiences something in a different level. Like I was out in the woods and I swear to, I, I mean, I've never time slipped in my life. Never thought it would ever happen to me. And it did in the woods. Um, one minute I was out there with Dennis and his, you know, how many candle watt light bulb flashlight is that? You could land an aircraft with this light bulb. Wow. I couldn't see him. I couldn't see him or any of the other 20 people there in the woods. I had me. A father and son who happened to wander off with me to go check out something sparkly because obviously, you know, glitter, I'm going to go check it out. And we turned around and everybody was gone. There was wow. silence in the woods. It was pitch black. Now we know we've got 20 other people out there with us tromping around and everybody's got a flashlight. Couldn't see a thing. So three of us completely time slipped. And that was the night that I fell down in the group of graves. And Dennis, you want to tell him that story? Wow. Oh, go right ahead. Oh. I tripped over something and ended up with a piece of human bone stuck in my knee, in my right knee, tore through my pants, stuck into my leg. And when I shined my flashlight on it, you know, the first thing you think is ow, and lots of words that we can't say on this show. <laughs> and, and then I started looking around and there was five humps kind of in a half circle and each one of them had a what do you call those i call them a yucca plant what do you call them dennis well the it is a yucca plant but, but what's the, the spiritual the name other the other name for them is the african pain plant because of the mm -hmm. little spiky points on the end and those used to be planted at the head of sold at the head of graves when they didn't have a gravestone to and it, it's called a jacob's thorn and uh, it was used to shred negative energy so that the spirit, nothing could attack or harm the, the body and the spirit. There were five of them all in a 
half circle clump around me. And I hold that hunk of bone out of my knee. And as soon as I pulled that hunk of bone out of my knee, all of a sudden the woods were lit up with flashlights. We could hear everybody yelling our names, calling for us, for the three of us that had just disappeared in the woods. And Dennis probably wasn't 15 feet from me, but I couldn't see him till I pulled that shard out of my knee. We still have, the bone was stolen when the cabin was broken into one time, but we still have pictures of that shard. And when you look at it closely, it has striations on it. It's perfectly flat and has saw mark striations down the side of the bone. It was somebody's humerus right above the, right below the elbow that I ended up with stabbed into my knee. Scary stuff out there. Wow. Sounds like, it reminds me a little bit of Skinwalker Ranch from these stories I've heard. It's like a, a dimension of time over that land somehow. Because from what I'm hearing, and I've heard from other people, even if the cabin wasn't there, the land is still active. Um, yeah. And it's very interesting, you know. Hey, um, Dennis or Ryan, what do you think is going on over there, you know, with this activity? Like, why is it like a hub spot? <laughs> okay. So here's my thought on it. There is a theory in the paranormal field that um, areas that have large tragedies or areas of um, great distress can create an opening or a portal for the darker side to come through. So we sit on battlefields. And within a mile and a half or so, I can account from documentation, 2,264 men that were killed, captured, wounded, or missing in action during the battles of Bethesda Church in the Civil War. So if we take that theory that the atrocity of man on man in that location can open a portal, that's a prime location for it. Okay. That makes sense, yeah. It's kind of like Gettysburg, right? Yeah, I mean, Gettysburg is known to be, you know, the most haunted town in America. Um, yeah. And so Gettysburg is, you know, everybody's familiar with the Battle of Gettysburg. You had 162,000 men called into battle and 56,000 died. Wow. Right down the road from us, and as the crow flies, frankly, it's 3.1 miles is Cold Harbor Battlefield. So Gettysburg had about a 32 to 36% death rate. Cold Harbor Battlefield exceeded an 80% death rate. 80%. Wow. Uh, wow. Within the first 90 minutes of battle, they had seven. And there's, there's confusion on the numbers. National Park Service says one number. Historians say another. But between seven and 12,000 men lay dead or wounded on the battlefield in the first 90 minutes. So, you know, and those were all men that were coming through the property where the cabin sits today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there were a, a huge portion of Union soldiers that fought very hard to take the land that the cabin sits on. Um, and there were a large number of the Confederate troops that were under orders to maintain the crossroad that sits one tenth of a mile from us at all costs. So we were the epicenter of a very bad confrontation for land 
and passage, not just to Cold Harbor, not just to Richmond, but to their supply routes. And we were sitting right at that crossroad. That's very interesting. And I kind of believe that theory, you know, a lot of bloodshed and, and death opens up a portal. And then have you ever gotten any intelligent responses from some of the spirits or ghosts, however you want to label it, that are over there and they actually can tell you something that is, you know, why they're there. Can they, can you talk to them in such a way through an EVP where Claire senses, have you gotten that far? We've had AVPs, we've had EVPs. Um, you know, one of the EVPs that stands out referencing, well, in direct response to your question, I asked, where did you die? And he stated Gaines Mill, which Gaines Mill is 3.4 miles away. Cold Harbor is 3.1 miles away. They were neighboring battlefields. They literally set cannon up on Gaines Mill to fire into Cold Harbor. And, you know, they were a consecutive battle. They were just named because of the different farms or the, you know, the owner of that property. Uh, as you know, during the Civil War, if you had a battle, it was named for the surrounding area. Uh, obviously, Gettysburg was named because it was around the town of Gettysburg. Gaines Mill was named that because I believe it was Howard Gaines had a large mill operation there. So it took place on his land. Uh, Cold Harbor, I'm not exactly certain where that name originated, but ours was the Battles of Bethesda Church, which the remnants of the foundation are about a thousand meters away from our property for Bethesda Church itself that was a Confederate headquarters. Now, the Union referenced it as the Battles at the Old Church because they didn't know the name of it. So I, we've gotten numerous uh so one of the stories about the property there was a young lady in 1979 melissa carol elliott was raped and murdered by her 17 year old half brother um in the home the brick rancher that's part of the cabin on 360 property um we were doing one of our fundraiser events and i was in melissa's bedroom with a group and i asked the question melissa are you here with a sweetheart and i got a class a voice back on the recorder and said i'm with you and it sounded wow. like a young female's voice it was so powerful that when i played it back i had to step outside because it literally brought me to tears i also so, did a also did a um a spirit box session with dennis in melissa's bedroom and he asked very clear as day if uh the name randy lynn elliott which is her brother's name the one who actually shot and killed her if that name was relevant and a clear voice comes through clear say saying he did it. it sounded like it actually sounded like a 12 year old girl. Wow. We had so then what are, we led to believe? are we led to believe as paranormal investigators from what you're telling me with these intelligent responses that somehow they're still in that time I don't know if they're still in that time. Uh, so Randy is still alive. Um, but let's take a hypothetical. This man spent 40 plus years in prison. 
at nightfall he's in his cell what if he's projecting his mind back to that moment in time that morning when his life changed drastically and hers ended and he's putting his energy back there is it possible that that tragic moment stained the fabric of that structure so bad that his energy can still be in that property even though he's alive now I'm a wholehearted believer in the fact that Melissa, the young girl, is still there. Um, but I don't know that they're still in that time. Very interesting. It's fascinating to me because you hear these stories and you wonder. And I wouldn't, you know, I don't believe that they're stuck there. But yet it's kind of like a hologram of them that's so intelligent to get these responses, but she said, you know, she's telling you, um, you know, the question she's responding to it. So then you have to say to yourself, is it that person that's actually responding? Uh, or are we on that land particular, are you crossing into their dimension somehow? Not even realizing it. You know, that's a possibility that, you know, for whatever reason, the the veil is so thin at that location, yeah. more so than any other location, that we're just that much closer to them. It is possible. And that's one thing about the paranormal exploration field. We don't know most of those answers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sadly, until we're on that side and people are asking us to speak into the little red light, we don't know nearly enough to claim that we know enough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You just end up with so many more questions, and that's that's the way it goes, right? And you get, you know what, Julie? You get the intelligent responses. We've heard until, and 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 it's like, can you see me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you touch me? Yes. Can you see what I'm watching on TV? Yes. They're saying they're responding, um, and you have to ask yourself, how is that possible? Are we? kind of cross-roading with them somehow in this dimension where we're yeah. slipping through a time fabric. Um, and yet some of these locations, it's as if they're there in that frame of, they can tell you what's going on around them, but it wouldn't be us. It would be whoever was at that time and crossed over. Um, it, I think it's fascinating. Again, there's more questions, but yet the intelligence is there. And it's just a matter of, are we going into that dimension? Or are they coming into ours? Well, I, I don't think it's a matter of either of that. I think it's a matter of we are so close to that veil and that veil is so thin in that location and other locations as well. I mean, you look at I mean, so the majority of locations that paranormal investigators do are tragic locations. Let's face it. Yeah. We go where yeah. tragedy existed. Yeah. Is it possible that each time something tragic happens, it thins that veil just a smidge more? Yeah. And now that veil is thin enough that they're able to talk back and forth with us. And sometimes they'll poke through that veil and we'll see them on our side. It's just, it's, it's crazy. I just want to go see in the chat. Give a shout out to Nina. Howie's in there. Hi, Howie. 
Um, Kim, Rebecca, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, Rhonda, have you ha what kind of experiences have you had um, in the cabin? Well, in the cabin, we get, I mean, I can't honestly say there's been a time we weren't in there doing the show that we didn't get something. Um, I've heard a lot of boot, boots walking down the hall when there's nobody in the hallway. Um, we've heard like a clearing of your throat, if you will. Um, sometimes it sounds like we'll ask a question or we'll make a statement and we'll hear, mm-hmm. Um, we actually did, a group of us were there um, several months ago and we actually played some games but had like a phasma box going and we were, were noticing that we could get a lot of interaction while we were just talking and playing the game amongst ourselves. We were getting interaction, like them laughing at us. Um, actually, at one point it came through, like, just just go, <laughs> um, you know, because somebody was halting up the game. Um, so it's been, we've heard a lot of voices. There's been times we've heard things just moving around upstairs when there was nobody upstairs. Um, shadow figures standing in the on the in the stairway um i mean I, it's been pretty active just about every time we were there we're here yeah, everybody that we've interviewed that that have said that they've gone there i mean they have they always come back with crazy stories it's definitely we definitely have to go there bill and see definitely well, you know, Phil and Julia, I may know a guy that can open the building up. So if you guys want to come down, here's your invitation. <laughs> I like that. Not I mean, really I come on about this so last, the last Boo Bitches event we had, there was a... Um, a couple interesting things that happened. We were talking about the shadows and the sounds that Rhonda was mentioning. We had all finally about three o'clock in the morning bedded down for the night and everybody's in their, in their bunk. They're mostly asleep. And I was the last one to go down because I made a quick walk of the property, just made sure everything was all right. And I laid down next to him and got snuggled in and beginning to hear now the, we call one room at the top of the stairs, the pearl, I'll let Ryan share with you why that is what it is. And then here, Rhonda, I see you giggling. And then there's a long hallway that leads from the Pearl to the turn to take the stairs to go downstairs. And then there's a loft area. And the loft is right on the other side of the turn. And I started hearing footsteps, heavy footsteps, like boots, walking from the Pearl to the top of the stairs, stopping, and then going down the stairs. Now, the first time I thought... Well, if anybody's up and around, I didn't see them, but I'll hear the front door open. Never heard a door open. And about five minutes later, it did it again, but there were no stairs coming up. It was just started at the Pearl, down the hallway, stopped, turned, stomp, 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 and waiting for the door. Nothing. Third time I hear him coming, I'm like, all right, I'm getting up for this. So I sat up and leaned over the top of him. And when the stops came to the top of the stairs and there was that moment. I literally had my hair, my hair is already standing up, but it stood up more. And it was like somebody had turned at the top of the stairs to scan the balcony area, saw me looking at them. And then I said, thank you for keeping us safe. 
dump, 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 dump down the stairs. Wow. It happened one more time. And I finally said, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> but Jerry was at the bottom, was under her rack at the bottom of the stairs. So this, this energy, and she's Reiki master, so she's very tuned to energy, had to pass her all night long. So when she got up in the morning, she looked a little rough, and I asked her, I said, how'd you sleep? She goes, like, crap. And I, then I told her the story, what was going on. She goes, well, that would explain it, because they walked past me all night long. Wow. Well, that's wow. two reports on one spirit. And Dennis has a story about that same spirit, because I really had the energy feeling this was an elder male walking around in his farmer bibs with his big old rubber farmer boots on, checking his house because there's people in it or checking his property. Dennis, you want to share yours? So what, Ryan, about six years ago, we did the um, toy drive for Henrico Christmas Mother. Yeah, that's when it started it. Yeah, I think it was six years ago. Um, end of the night, I was exhausted. Public had left uh, probably two in the morning. I decided I'm not taking the 40-minute drive home. I'll just throw my sleeping bag in the loft area, put a pillow against the railing. Um, I typically will wear a sidearm. It's uh, A, my Second Amendment right, and B, I'm a very proud supporter of our Second Amendment. So I took my sidearm off, laid it up by my shoulder, um, plugged my phone in, plugged the speaker in, had Pandora going, and I went to sleep made sure both doors were dead bolted. I woke up because the music had stopped. And as I'm kind of clearing my eyes and wiping the cobwebs out, I look at my feet and there's an older man standing at my feet, arms crossed over his chest, just looking at me. I learned a valuable lesson. And I'll share this lesson with you now. And for those that investigate as well, I want you to take notes on this. If you decide to sleep in a sleeping bag in a haunted location, don't zip it because you can't get out of it fast enough for one. And for two, it may smell a little different in the morning. <laughs> I felt trapped. Uh, but as I lay there and looked at this man, I slowly reached up and I'm struggling to get an arm out. And I turned my head for a brief moment to make sure that I'm reaching in the direct path to get to my weapon. And he was gone in that instant. Now, that mm -hmm. weapon has a flashlight on it when you draw from the holster. So I spanned the room with the flashlight. There was nothing there, nobody around, no sign of anybody having been there. But I made eye contact with him long enough to know who I or what I saw. I don't know who, but I would put his clothing in the time era of 1930s, maybe 1940s. Um, it was so gray and mottled that I couldn't truly tell what the clothing was. But 1930s, 1940s is what I would envision. Um, older male. Didn't seem like he had harm or, or malcontent in mind, just looking at me like, who are you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We all have those like moments where We've seen things and it just slipped in my head. We can't forget it. That was definitely one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I felt like a sausage in a casing and I learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> I am not sleeping that, I am not zipping that sleeping bag. <laughs> well, 
I don't know how you got. I I could never sleep alone. I don't think by myself. It, it's actually. Well, I mean, even though it is such an active location, the cabin itself is actually comforting. It yes. feels like home. Mm -hmm. uh, the brick rancher next door, that's a totally different energy. Funny how it, that works, right? I yeah. Mean, you're so used yeah. to a location, um, you, kind of, you get that feeling. I know what you mean. Like, you feel like you're at home, right? But it's still, it's still crazy. Now, when we had the event, not a, everybody that stayed bedded down in the cabin. Not a single soul would stay in the rancher. They're like, yep, yeah, nope. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. The rancher is just, I don't know. I took him in once and he's been in a, you know, he won't go in and again. I won't, I won't even allow him back in there near Dobby because the same, this is, we're going to talk about Dobby for a minute. Is that okay with y'all to talk about Dobby for a minute? Yeah. So Dobby and I have a love-hate relationship. He hates me and I just love him. I love picking on him. I love tormenting him and I love giving him crap. So I kick the front door of the rancher in and I just yell, honey, I'm home at the top of my lungs. And I can feel that whole house go, oh, crap. <laughs> I just love it. Because I know that one of these days he and I are going to battle. And I'm going to take him out. My spiritual gift is I send spirits and I send things back to whence they came. And I can't do that because I don't have permission of Ryan or Dennis. And so I don't. But one of these days, somebody's going to say, all right, do it. And I'm going to have a time. But I took him in the house. Now, Dobby doesn't affect me. He doesn't. He does not have anything over me. He doesn't. I don't fear him. No. But. He goes in the house. We leave the, we just wander through for a little bit, kind of get a little history from Dennis. And then we go back outside and we're standing on the porch of the cabin. Now he's an extremely gentle soul, very docile, not a mean bone in him. But I reached over and put my hand on his back and he whipped up and glared at me like he was going to cock back and send me butt over tea kettle over that porch railing. Dennis was standing right behind him. I looked over at Dennis and I said, this is not my husband. No. So we paid attention to him for a few more minutes and he was leaning over the rail and holding on to his head. I mean, you could just tell he was not okay. Dennis finally grabbed him by the collar and dragged him out in the yard and said, take a knee and pray come to with him. me. Yeah, come with me. We gotta do a little work. And cleared him off. Um, that was about one one o'clock, about 1.14 in the afternoon. And the reason I remember the time is because I got a phone call later that same day from my daughter Ashlyn. She flies for Delta Airline and was in the air at 1.14. And she says, Mom, craziest thing happened in the aircraft today. And I said, what happened, baby? She goes, for the first time ever, we lost an engine. I said, excuse me, you what? <laughs> we lost an engine, totally shut off, no, ex no reason why. I said, honey, what time was that? She goes, 1.14. Dobby can't get to me. But he showed me hard and fast he can get to who I love. Yes. So that's just one of the warnings that, you know, I took away from that. Yeah, I'll kick in the door and say, honey, I'm home. But I don't antagonize him much. I do a little. But <laughs> not as much as I would. Because the people that I love can be affected. And you do you have any memory of most of that? I have a memory of the entire event uh, from the moment that you're reacting to me in a way that I didn't understand 
to the moment that Dennis uh, said I needed to go with him. I also remember the feeling of uncomfortableness and not knowing why I was uncomfortable. I didn't know anything had happened except that I just did not feel right. And uh, you looked at me as if I was not right. And, everyone, and Dennis could tell I was not right. And I couldn't understand why I didn't feel right and why both of you thought I wasn't right. I just, I had no understanding of it. His eyes were not his eyes. He's got beautiful gunmetal gray eyes. And they were different. They were completely different. I was not looking into the eyes of the man I was in love with. Not at all. I was looking into the eyes of a predator. Wow. He was angry and agitated. That's not him. Yeah. You know, and Dennis has had multiple experiences with folks out there, teams that have gone out mm -hmm. that are super, super tight, that have turned on each other within hours. So I'll let him tell you about that. But Dobby likes to do some crazy things to you while you're out there. Dobby likes the mind games. He won't throw things at you. You don't have to worry about a chair coming across the room to take you out. You have to worry about him playing in the mind of your teammate and then your teammate taking you out. Um, it's very peculiar, but he, I think he feeds on the chaos. Yes. Mm -hmm. I hope we can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought it up. I've been watching your back videos thinking, ooh, they had a dobby. <laughs> they did. The mind manipulating hauntings. Um, you know, it's it's scary. And you have to have people that you trust when you're investigating. And that's that's the main thing that we always tell everyone because I, we've seen it. We've seen exactly what you're saying here. Right, Bill? Yeah, you know what's interesting about I'm hearing about this, these experiences at this location. Are there cameras there? Like if nobody's there, do you have cameras that pick up maybe the steps that aren't there? Someone walking up and down or a shadow person walking through a hallway with nobody there, just cameras? I have trap cameras on the property just to monitor, you know, if something happens after the break in anyway. Um but we do not have a DVR system set up in the property at this point. Just the trap cameras that monitor coming and going on, on the property. Tell them about the, the break-in where you got the Ouija board back. So what, Ryan, three years ago, right at the beginning of the pandemic lockdown, yeah. um, some jack wagons pried open a back bedroom window they went through the mantle that was covered in relics. They stole all our relics. So, you know, the the paper gold, they stole the toilet paper. A um, couple of cases of water and sodas and tables. And uh, one of the items that they stole, I had just picked up the night before and dropped off on the table in the kitchen, was a Ouija board from the 40s or 50s. Um, it was completely gone. The planchette was gone. There was a, a cheap planchette laying in the kitchen, just one of the white plastic ones. But the uh, wooden one that came with the board that I had bought wasn't there anymore. The board was nowhere to be found. Ryan, myself, Howie was there that night. Um, they were actually there to broadcast the Orion effect and 
then they start noticing, hey, there's, where's the table? And, you know, things like that. And then they called me and they're like, hey, we got a bunch of stuff missing. So the detective showed up. That Ouija board was nowhere to be found. So at the end of the night, after the detective is gone and Ryan and I have walked through the whole building, I stopped before I locked the building up and I said, hey, I know you guys know who came in here. And I know you know where to find them. I'm asking you very nicely, please go pay them a visit. Make their life a living nightmare for a while. Um, two days later, the Ouija board was back on the back porch sitting on top of the grill. Wow. We couldn't have walked by it a dozen times in and out that door without seeing it. So they at least brought back the board. That's crazy. I mean, it's I don't know. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's interesting, but I know that um, is it Rhonda you had mentioned about you can remove a certain spirit or spirits? No, I think that's Tracy. <laughs> yeah, Tracy said that's one of her things is to send yeah. them You know, well, the question I have with that is I've heard that before from so many different people, right? And then another paranormal investigator comes into a location only to identify the same footprint of the person that they said they removed. And then my question would be, are you removing it just out of your sight of consciousness? Because another person that investigates picks up the same entity. I've always gotten confused about that. Um, you know, they say, well, I can remove it. They're gone. All of a sudden, the next team comes in and they're identifying things that Another team said they removed. How do you explain that? Spirit energy is how I explain that. And it's, you can temporarily remove spirit, send them off out of like creating a bubble and shoving them out of the edge of the bubble. And they can come back in. It's like salt dissipates, oh, um, yeah. spells weaken, um, sage goes away. So as the power of your, your banishment dissipates if the spirit is strong enough and attached strong enough they can come back it's not a permanent removal unless the spirit themselves says please help me if the spirit says please help me we'll send them they're gone they're they're moving on to the next plane go to the light and you're never going to hear from them again if it's a banishment and you'll see this with like uh, when I'm just going to throw out some different TV shows that I've, I've enjoyed because she's got the same Amy from um, I can't remember something dead files. She's got the same one. It's like, you know, you need to have a psychic come. You need to have a spiritual priest come. You need a shaman. And it's, some, and then she always tells the family, you have to keep up with this. You can't just do a house blessing once and expect it to stick forever because if the spirit doesn't want to go, you have to constantly be at battle to keep that spirit at bay. So only when a spirit says, I'm ready, it's kind of like a cigarette smoker wanting to quit smoking. They have to want to do it. It's the same situation. If a spirit wants to go, then they'll move on. But if they don't want to go, then it's a constant housekeeping, a constant battle to keep them on the outside of that bubble. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And it also makes sense, as we were talking earlier in the show, how 
a person gets affected, like the eyes, and then they're not the same person. And chaos gets created, which creates negative energy, which creates sometimes the dark shadows, and then fighting between teammates and investigators. And I've seen that happen. That's a typical scenario of something I believe is malevolent or a serious troublemaker. And when they do that, right, they're creating an atmosphere of so much negativity that anything can almost transpire into that, where a person right. can get oppressed slash possessed and then do heinous crimes out there. And we've seen that happen. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And um, I always say that you have to be careful because we don't know exactly what we're dealing with. You know, from this show tonight, it, it seems like, you know, you're getting intelligent responses and it's as if some of those people walk that land, but do they remain on the land and are the stairs there that you don't see? Is the hallway sometimes casted upon another dimension of time? It's fascinating and it's just on my bucket list, Julie. We have to go to one day and um, it's, you know, your location, um, I believe should be really documented going forward more heavily because we can teach people, right? This does exist to the non-believer, to the people who say, no, 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 ghost, no such thing. You're crazy. You're proving it, right? And if we could just find that, that method of look at this, not only as an apparition, but here's the communication behind the apparition. And can you debunk that? I don't believe you can. No, yeah. the cabin is definitely a place that you can learn. It's really good for first time investigators or people who are skeptic that maybe want to get a feel for it um, because there's so much with the Civil War battlefield, uh, with the um, murder in the, the rancher to the spirits that are just in the cabin. Um, and everyone that's been in the cabin, all the businesses that have been in the cabin have all had bad luck. You know, there was a suicide attempt at the cabin. Um, it, it just There's so much history and so many things that have happened there that you're not only going to be able to get spirit communication, you're going to be able to get psychic imprint. You're going to be able to see time lapse, time imprint, like soldiers marking by that don't even notice you. So there's so many different elements of the paranormal that you can experience while you're out there and it varies again like we talked at the beginning of the show and how the the energy of the land uses the energy of who's available there so what do you get yeah, and what you give you get you're going to choose how we behave today is kind of how the land out there operates but um come on out for boo bitches if you guys are free well, that makes sense. Is, you, yeah great event what you just said makes a lot of sense and Ed was in chat, and he said, come on down, let me know, and I will take you to dinner. <laughs> so great. Um, All right. I just got to figure yeah. out what I'm doing with my kids. <laughs> the kids are always the problem, right? Kids, yep. But tickets are on sale for the event. I sent you the link, so if you post it into your conversation, folks, if they want to come down and experience it, you are helping a great cause. You're going to have some fantastic fantastic team leads um the shamanistic ex experience in the drum circle with holly and dallas you're going to have ha uh, howie odell and Rhonda who will be on property he and both of them are seasoned investigators at 360 plus dennis and ryan who are not only the caretakers and the historians but they'll also be leading teams and helping out down there 
And then uh, Robbie be running the fire and staying the heck out of the brick rancher. <laughs> so come on down, come see us. It'll be a really good experience. We awesome. thank you guys for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. And thank you for thank everything you. that you're doing. Um, and it's for a great cause. So um, we, want, we just want to have a special thank you to Carnation for fully sponsoring the show. And don't forget to watch us on Roku when we're live. And please join us next week on the United Network. Thank you guys for coming on tonight. And thank you so much for coming on, everyone. Please share the show. Check out the cabin. Um, and uh, you definitely want to go there. So everybody have a safe, great night. And thank you so much, all of you, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for having us. Thanks. Have a Bye great guys. night. Good night. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.